Welcome back to Decorum Green Connections. I'm really sorry we've been away for a while. Should we have an hereditary head of state in the UK? Put simply, should we have a king or queen of Britain? This week's podcast is a chat between two Republicans, Mark and Alan. They're part of the national group called Republic, who campaign for Britain to become a republic with a democratically elected head of state. Mark is a member of the Green Party and leads this conversation, and Alan is part of the Labour Party. Okay, Alan, so we're here today to talk about being Republicans. And so Republicanism, for me, means abolition of the monarchy simply, but what does it mean to you? It also means abolition of the monarchy, um, but it means um, having an elected head of state. How that would come about really would probably be up to the the general public to choose. But it's abolition of the monarchy that is the the main thing, yes. And so we're both members of a campaign group called Republic. So do you know a bit about the history of that organisation? It's a a membership-based pressure group. I I believe it started around about 2008, 2009 or so. So it's quite new then. And it was quite... I've been a member since 2012. Quite an early member then. Yeah. Um, I believe it started quite small... And then um, Graham Smith got the job of being CEO and he's built it up into a much bigger organisation. It's non, non-party political and its ambition is to achieve the abolition of the British monarchy in favour of a democratic republic. As I say, it's non-party political, it has members from all parties and none. It's, it's managed by a board of directors who meet every two months the CEO, as I say, is Graeme Smith, and he's responsible for the day-to-day running. We're having our convention next Saturday. Something oh, else happening next Saturday, isn't May there? May the 19th. Is there? I don't know. Oh, no, the wedding, be. I think I've heard about oh, it. I'm trying to ignore that. You're yeah. trying to ignore yeah. it, are you? Yeah. Keep out the yeah. um, limelight a bit. No, I'd, I'd much rather be at the convention, which is, as I say, on, next Saturday, May the 19th. So, obviously... I'm going to it, so I know a little bit about the International Convention. So what I found interesting getting involved with Republic is there is not just us in Britain. There's all over the Commonwealth and there's other countries as well. Do you know anything about Well, that's, that's right, yes. This um, convention is also um, linked in with... The, they're also having a convention of AERM, which is that's the Alliance <laughs> of European Republican Movement. So they, they've got people coming from uh, Denmark, Norway, Sweden, um, Spain, I believe. Yeah. And on a more personal level, so I think I've known you for probably just over a year now. Is that about That's right? right yeah. And I probably found it quite lonely being a Republican beforehand. I think most people in the household that I know don't really share my views regarding the monarchy. How do you feel about it? Do you feel lonely of it? or? I don't know. I mean... I went to a, a meeting yesterday of Veterans for Peace, which is ex-forces member, ex-forces people who are campaigning um, for peace. And most of them really are Republican. Most of the ones I speak to are Republican. So anti-monarchy. When you talk to people one-on-one, they are more sympathetic. I think we found that ourselves when mm. we're leafleting in Hemwemster Town Centre, mm. which we do once every couple of months, I say. But... Do you think people are sometimes a bit shy about admitting it openly? I think so. it's, it seems to frighten some people. It's such a big step, I think, um, getting rid of the monarchy, that this, the thought of it frightens some people. They don't really know what 
what might come of it, what other unforeseen circumstances I think perhaps might might come of it, and which perhaps they're not happy about. They're, a lot of people just want to stick with the status quo, don't they, which they're happy with. What I find difficult, especially what's been like said to me when I'm leafleting and so forth, is people say you don't love your country or anything like that. Do you think there should be a separation between the monarchy and patriotism? Or? Well, of course, yes. I, I see no link, really. So you yeah. love your country and you were in the armed services, I believe? I was in the Royal Navy. Royal yes, Navy. Yeah. So you were happy to serve your country in that aspect, but not necessarily the monarchy. That's right, yes, yes. There were a great many other people in, in the Royal Navy who felt the same way. You, you don't join because you're a monarchist. You join because it's a job that you want to do. I mean, when you think about it, um, republics also have armed forces, don't they? Yeah. France has armed forces. Most of the republics of the world also have armed forces. Well, obviously, their people in their armed forces are not going to be monarchists, are they? Because they're, they're, their country is a republic. So I'm not an expert in the armed forces, but I understand some of the armed forces take an oath. Would that be an obstacle to some the, members of the armed forces if we did decide to get rid of the monarchy? <laughs> Would we have um, the army to deal with? I've looked into that, yes. Um, the army and air force take an oath of allegiance. I never did in the navy. Apparently the navy and Royal Marines don't. Now, if you look at the wording of the oath of allegiance, the oath is purely to the um, monarch, her heirs and successors. Um, there's no mention of country in the Oath of Allegiance. It's just purely a, a way of stitching people up, really. But, but if, you, if you think about the word successor, that successor could be a president. Often it's a, a it's member a, of a family. It's a key word, so successor. So if, if the country chose to elect a successor to the monarch... If the country chose to elect a successor um, to replace the monarch... People who've taken the oath of allegiance, I feel, would not be breaking their, their oath. So they wouldn't have to send the tanks down to yeah, Parliament? I don't think so, no. Yeah. Um, so while we're on the subject of oaths as well, so I know after the last general election we had the swearing of the new MPs, and I believe they take an oath as well. And is that allegiance to the monarch? Or? I think that's pretty much the same oath. Yeah. And do you yeah. think uh, elected individuals should be taking an oath to someone who didn't elect them? No, I do not, no. I think they should take an oath of allegiance to serve their constituents. That's, that's who they should be loyal to, not to the monarch. So, obviously, talking a bit more current affairs and issues of the monarchy as it stands now. So, I know not everyone's a fan of all the members of the royal family. Some people like some, some people don't like others. Yeah. But there's a lot of concerns at the minute, especially from my point of view with Prince Charles. I think not everyone agrees with all his opinions, and he's quite opinionated on like, the Queen. So... What are your feelings about the future King Prince Charles or King Charles? Well, I don't particularly like Prince Charles. Um, there was a big controversy about his so-called spider letters. And what were they? They were letters that he's written to various ministers trying to influence them. And eventually they, they managed to get them under the Freedom of Information Act. Um, and we could see what he was trying to do and how he was trying to influence government policy. Um, so, going a bit more to when we spend our time leaflet, another argument I often hear is that the monarchy is good for tourism and it's quite a big tourist attraction, it brings a lot of money into the country. Mm. Yeah, well, that's a bit of a myth, isn't it, that a lot of people seem to have signed up to. Um, <laughs> let me turn to my little book. 
This is one of the most common arguments put forward by those who defend the monarchy, yet it's complete nonsense. So how is it nonsense? What we are debating is the British constitution, our democracy. Whether or not we make a quick buck from selling a few more T-shirts or hotel bookings should not come into it. And let's not forget that what the monarchists are essentially arguing is that we should determine our constitution according to what Americans, Germans and other tourists find entertaining, which is hardly patriotic, is it? Um, on the facts of the actual claim, there's no evidence to support the idea that tourism would suffer if the monarchy were abolished. Quite the opposite. Of course, people visit the UK and London because of our heritage, but we'll always have that heritage. The palaces and castles will always be with us and will continue to attract tourists, just as the Tower of London attracts far more tourists than Buckingham Palace does. Finally, we shouldn't get bogged down in this argument because it is essentially immoral. The debate hinges on the question, is the monarchy right or wrong? If it's right, then tourism is irrelevant. If it's wrong, then, then it, it, it is equally wrong to keep the monarchy because it makes money, just as it is wrong to commit a crime simply because it makes money. So for me, I'm also interested in environmental politics, so what I translate to me so is wrong to dig up coal and burn it to make money when it damages the environment. Is that a similar sort of argument? Have I got the right end of the stick there? Well, you, you could use the same argument, yeah, if, if, you, if you think digging up coal and burning it is uh, criminal, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, going a bit more about organisation republic. So, I can't vote for a Republican candidate in elections to get elected and abolish the monarchy, I believe. Well, Republic doesn't put up candidates at elections. It's not a political party. But you obviously, you can ask your candidates... Mm whether they support um, a republic or not, whether they're, whether they're pro or anti-monarchy. So I know in recent years we've had a lot of debate with Jeremy Corbyn since he became yeah, leader of the yeah. Labour Party because there has been in the past that he's expressed some republican views. Do you think MPs should be more open with being a republican or being a monarchist? Yes, I'd like to see yeah, that. True. I'd like to see more of that with MPs being more open about whether they are republicans. They, they seem to keep quiet about it. They think it, they might lose votes on it, I think. It could be damaging, which is a shame, because I'd, I'd like to see them uh, proclaiming their, their... being proud of their republicanism. So would you write to any candidate in elections to see if they're republican? I've written to my MP several times on the, on the subject. And who is uh, your MP? My MP is, is Sir Mike Penning. So... so what do we think? What was his response like? He's very much of a, a monarchist. Mm. I suppose he did take the knighthood. Yeah, yeah. Um, he seems to think that being ex-army, he, he um, links in with being monarchist. But as I, as I said before, I don't think there's any, any link with being in the forces and being a monarchist. Um, so while we're on the subject of politicians, there's one thing that's been asked a lot when I've been talking to people about a Republican. Um, it's basically, do you want Tony Blair to be president? Because I think everyone seems to get the idea that if the job opened up to be head of state, Tony Blair would be getting elected. Is that actually a question in there? It certainly is, yes. Page 19. <laughs> <laughs> Who wants President Blair? So many people argue against a republic by saying they don't want President Blair or President Thatcher. It's safe to assume that we wouldn't get either. We would certainly wouldn't get Thatcher now anyway. <laughs> no, it could be interesting. Yeah. Um, 
democracy is about the people getting what they want. If the people are overwhelmingly against the idea of a former prime minister becoming president, then you wouldn't get former prime ministers as president, but it is for the people to decide who they want. If you don't want them, don't vote for them, and you won't get them. If you do want them, do vote for them, and you will get them. If they were elected, then that would be the people's choice. That's democracy. So the question really misses the point. We're not campaigning for a particular president. We're campaigning for the right of the people to decide. Simply put, if we don't want them, we won't get them. And if we, if we get them, then don't like them, they can be voted out. So that's the option. Yeah. So. Monarchists asking this question also seem to forget that a lot of people don't look favourably on the prospect of King Charles either. I think the point is that if you did get a president that you didn't like, well, you get the chance in a few years' time to vote them out. If you've got a monarch that you don't like, you can't do anything about it. Although, mm. couldn't it be argued that if there's a monarch that we didn't like, that would help our cause? It, well, yes. Hopefully it will. Over, <laughs> you are secretly hoping yeah. for Prince Charles to yeah. be really bad as kin here. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> I know there's no set republic policy, I think, because I've looked through myself. How do you think we would go about changing to become uh, an elected head of state and losing the monarchy? Do you think there'd be another referendum? I hate to say it, with the recent ones we've had, but... A referendum is one way, or else the other way is that um, one of the political parties actually declares republicanism as their as a policy, mm. and and then that when they get elected, they then implement it. I think that's probably the way to go. A referendum would be probably just as divisive as, as the last referendum, and then they're, they're not really a, a good way of I think of deciding policy just with a sim one simple yes or no question. And then I understand you're also a member of the Labour Party and I understand there's a f quite a few members of the Labour Party who are trying to change the Labour Party from within to have that cause. There's a group within Republic called Labour for a Republic, yeah, and they, they are Labour Party members who are, also, who are working towards la the Labour Party adopting republicanism as, as a policy. Any ground gain with that? Or? I think it's slow progress. It, yeah. <laughs> I know we mentioned it briefly earlier. Coming up this Saturday is the Royal Wedding. And I understand Republic has a petition at the minute. Yeah, the petition was about should we, should we pay for the... Um, should the public be paying towards the Royal Wedding? And, um, of course, even though the, they, um, the Royalists claim that... Um, the royal family are paying for it themselves. The, the public are having to pay quite a lot of money to cover the security and lots of other expenses, which the royal family are not covering. So the royal family's yeah. paying for the bubbly and we're paying I for the police to stand probably, outside. Well, seeing as they're having it in their own chapel, I suppose they're not even paying for that. Is it their chapel or is it our chapel? <laughs> well, it, it, is, it is our chapel, but no doubt, I don't know if they're paying for it. No, I don't know. Um, so obviously there's been a lot of press coverage lately of both the Royal Wedding and the recent Royal Baby. Mm -hmm. Do you feel that the press coverage is balanced? Or? I feel the press coverage is very sycophantic. Sycophantic. So there isn't, uh, on the BBC, when they have coverage of Royal events, there isn't the other side of the argument to abolish the monarchy. Sometimes Graham Smith gets on and says a few words. I think that's just so that the BBC can claim that they're doing balanced reporting, but it's very much balanced the other way, very much balanced in favour of, of the monarchy. Um, is it just the BBC or is it...? It's, um, 
It's not just the BBC, no. Certainly Sky News is very much the same as well. I think probably the only newspaper that's not is the Morning Star, but yeah. I think very few and people may, read that. Maybe Russia Today. Or Russia Today, maybe not. Yeah, yeah. And then, so obviously, <laughs> me and you have been involved locally with Republic, like I said, we met about a year yeah. ago. So what sort of things do we get up to locally? Or? Well, we get together for a few drinks occasionally and, and a chat. And we get together for, for, to do some leafleting, perhaps on a Saturday morning down, down in Hemel Hempstead, um, outside WH Smith's, three or four of us, yeah. for, for an hour or two. And um, I think last time we had quite, a, had quite a good response. I had quite a few people. I had one, one guy come, took a leaflet and came back to me and he said, oh, I never knew anything about this. I never knew this existed. This is great. And how do you find that standing out, giving leaflets? I know you're quite proud as a Republican. Mm. Do you find it difficult sometimes or a bit nerve-wracking? No, not particularly. No, I quite enjoy it. You quite enjoy it? Yeah. yeah. Do you enjoy the argument as well sometimes with people? I do, I do. So you like arguing for a Republic? Yeah, yeah. And while I was sat there listening to Mark and Alan chat, a question occurred to me. I asked Mark, what was the argument for maintaining the monarchy? So it's patriotic tradition for the country, so... We've always been a monarchy. It's linked in quite heavily with us being the oldest democracy, which I think me and Alan both struggle with because we find that, can we say we're a proper democracy if we don't elect our own head of state? Is that something? Would we want to be a republic? Um, There's the tourists' argument. You often hear that they're a big tourist attraction. Um, And obviously it's basically a thing to keep the status quo. We've had the monarchy for so many years. There's nothing wrong with it. And I think... Personally, from my point of view, I am take it quite cold, but I think actually the Queen is really good for the monarchy. She's actually a really good head of state. She doesn't get involved in politics, doesn't try to influence things as far as we're aware or anything like that. But I think the concerns for the future is, for me, do we want Prince Charles to be kin? And also, even if they are fantastic at it, is it right morally for us to have a head of state that's not elected, even if they are fantastic at it? But another point is, I mean... What's the point of having a head of state who doesn't get involved in politics? To it, open the charity events and the galas and so forth. I think, interesting for me, it's not just politics. I think an interesting example is the Irish head of state, because they have their Taoiseach, which is their prime minister, and they have an elected president. Mm. But the actual president is very much like a monarch and doesn't really get involved in day-to-day politics at all. They basically open the rugby matches, open the Gaelic sports and stuff like that, but they're not front political lines or anything like that at all although there is a concern obviously you can look at other examples like France where they have an elected president which has a lot of power which is more than basic prime minister and president combined into one you you say that she doesn't get involved in politics and yet every week she has a meeting with the prime minister which is not not minuted we don't know what's what's said What's the, what would be the point of that meeting if she, if if she's not getting involved? Could it be tradition? Because she still has a... Is it the is Privy it's... Council, I think it is? <coughs> Do you think they just sit and have a cup of tea or something? Be nice to know. <laughs> Keep her informed. Mm. As far as we know, she doesn't get involved on issues like that. I think she does listen to the promise and likes to know what's going on with it. But I think, personal point of view, I've never heard of an example in the last 15, 20 years where the Queen's got involved the day-to-day government or anything, aspects like that, not openly at all. I think another interesting aspect is there's been a lot of talk with the recent Brexit votes and so forth regarding Henry VIII powers. So because the monarchy has an unwritten constitution, 
there are some powers that are with the Queen, but she doesn't use them. So then they default to the Minister or the Prime Minister, who then has powers that they don't have to put in front of Parliament because it's a royal power, not a parliamentary power. So they sort of usurps Parliament there. So um, another aspect to look at is probably royal secrecy. So I believe... I'm no expert on this. Special laws that exempt, if I remember, am I right here, you might have to correct me, but are the Royal Family exempt from the Freedom of Information Act? Yes. They're a secretive Do we know institution. We're not subject to the Freedom of Information laws. Do we know why? Because, presumably, because they've pushed for it and been granted it. But what would we want to know about them that uh, we can't find out? The monarchy are putting their own interests before public interest. What we don't know is um, about royal wills. We don't know about the, the royal archives that are secret. Some items are transferred to the, from the National Archives to the Royal Archives in order to keep them secret. Basically, we, we don't know the skeletons in their cupboard, I suppose, really. We don't really know... Um, but we don't we don't know what we don't know. If you view them like we Republicans do, that they should be private individuals and not the head of state, should we know it, as they're a private family? Well, they should be subject to the same laws as everybody else. But people can't find out about my bank balance unless they've got a reason to. We don't publish a tax laws like some Scandinavian countries. No, that, that's fine. Um, but they would, they would be subject to the same laws that you are, whereas at the moment they're not. They have, they have special laws. Um, I can't. I think it's called The Queen and I. There's a book by Sue Townsend who wrote Adrian Mole, which I read when I was quite young. And I think yeah. it's sort of a fiction novel where Republicans get elected, if I remember right, because they're BBC control room staff. Yeah. They broadcast their own party political broadcasts yeah. over it um, for Republicanism. And they get elected and abolish the monarchy. And I believe the Queen gets sent to a council state in the Midlands. Right. Do you think that's realistic anyway? Or. I don't know the book. I've not read the book. You've not read the book. No, I don't think so because obviously you can't send the Queen to a council estate. Um, well, the waiting list will be too long. She, she, she. I think she probably has enough money to buy a house of her own. But that's the question: Is it her money or is it our money? If it's the Crown estate, there are properties that they own themselves. I believe, like like Sandringham and Balmoral, which would remain theirs if they, if they own them. But, oh, right, and places like Buckingham Palace and Windsor Castle, I believe, belong to the country, so they belong to the to the public. So they just rent them from us, or I don't, I don't think they pay. Anything you don't think they pay rent? No, no. But she's got her own place; she doesn't need second home. <laughs> so you're not for like getting the pitchforks out and marching to Buckingham Palace to kick him out or anything like that. That's, I'm not proposing that. No. You're not proposing no, that, no. 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 So you'd want to see it done democratically, like we said. Democratically and peacefully, yes, yes. Peacefully as well. Yeah. No guillotines or anything at all? No, no. We talked a bit about that, the argument we get from the monarchists that the royal family makes us money through tourism. But obviously we've heard, had it in the past for history, the mm. royal family spending a lot of money on wine and bills. Do you know how much the royal family costs us at the minute? I think Republic estimates it at about um, 345 million per year. So if you look at the amount we spend on perhaps defence or NHS, that's a lot less than that. It's a drop in the ocean because we're talking billions of pounds. 
So in terms, I know it's a lot of money to me personally, but would you say £345 isn't that much money? £345 million, sorry. £345 million. I think, um, well, it, it seems a lot of money, but the money really is, is not the point. The money is not the issue. The issue is just whether it's right or wrong to have a hereditary head of state. So you don't uh, think we should campaign on the money issue for them? No, because if you campaign on the money issue, you're implying that if they cost less money, that would make it all, all right. Whereas it still wouldn't make it all right. If they cost nothing... So even it, if it was free... It, it would still be wrong. Yes, it would still be wrong. So if it was free, you wouldn't keep them? No, no, it, it would still be wrong, wouldn't it, to, to have uh, someone be, um, having a special position purely by birth. I, I, I prefer not to campaign on the money issue. I also prefer not to campaign on the behaviour of the royals because a lot of people criticise yeah. what Prince Andrew does or what Charles yeah, We does. haven't got onto that. We've only got onto Charles. Yeah, yeah. Um, and when, when you criticise the way they behave, it implies that if they behave better, that would make it all right. But it still wouldn't make it right. Even if they behave perfectly, it, it still wouldn't be right. But if it's a public figure, so if, say if it was an MP behaving mm. badly... You think you should criticise them? Yes, you should criticise them. But, well, it's, it, I'm not opposed to criticising bad the bad behaviour of the royals. It doesn't make a good reason for abolishing the monarchy. The reason for abolishing the monarchy is simply that it's, it's wrong to have, have a hereditary head of state. Using the same argument, if, if you have a politician who behaves badly... Mm and he changes his behaviour, then that would make it all right, I suppose, unless he's actually done something criminal, yeah. in which case he would have to um, serve his punishment or whatever for doing that. So it's all, it's bringing us back to the argument that with a, if you've got a member of the Royal Family behaving badly, you can't not vote for them next time. So if it's your MP, you can just not vote for him and well, he won't right. get elected. Yes, yes. But if it's a member of the Royal Family, Because a member of the Royal Family, there's nothing you can do about it. You're stuck with them, yeah. So it could be good to criticise them, but it's not, not too much. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not saying don't criticise them. I'm just saying it, it, it's not a good argument for republicanism because it, it implies that if they behave better, that would make it all right. So while we're on the issue of behaviour, I'm not much of an expert on it, but I understand part of the Crown Estates and the Queen's and Affairs were brought recently in the was it Paradise Papers. It turns out that the Queen has money in um, tax havens. Again, it sort of brings me, is it okay to criticise her personal financial relationships or is it not okay to criticise them? I think it's fine to expose it, to expose what's going on, yeah. So yeah. is she any different to a rich billionaire who puts his money in an offshore account? Or even say like it, Apple, no, Google, no, not really, no. So they should be criticised equally. They should be criticised equally. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Regarding the current government's use of royal powers, because we have a head of state with no democratic mandate, too much power is concentrated in the hands of the prime minister. A democratic head of state can act as an extra check on the powers of the prime minister and MPs. Whereas at the moment, our head of state can't check what the Prime Minister does. 
Uh, one one example that Republic uses is, is after the um, the Brexit referendum when mm. um, really they were all running around like headless chickens and you could say they still are. It would have been useful to have a, a head of state intervene and perhaps just... Um, Overturn the will of the people, not to use that no, phrase. Not, not overturn the will of the people, but provide just provide some sort of leadership. She feel there's no leadership because the Queen can't stand in that position because really, yeah, the start she takes. That's right, yeah. Yeah, there is no leadership there. What about if the head of state's opinion is different to your own? So I think, like you've said, you already remember the Labour Party, what if, say, John Major became head of state yeah, yeah. And then was doing things you disagreed with. Would you feel you campaign against him being head of state? Well, it, that would just become like like normal election campaigning, wouldn't it? So yes, if you had ended up with a head of state that you didn't like, you would you would campaign against them and campaign for somebody else at the next election. But they could still do quite a bit of damage in the time in between. Exactly. Yeah, just like the. The government can now. So it doesn't make much difference. It doesn't. Because the Queen's not involved, it can make things worse. I mean, having a republic is not going to solve all our problems. It's not going to create utopia. But it would it, it would uh, be more democratic. Thanks very much for listening to the podcast. You can find more about Republic online. You can find out more about Republic at the website. Which is? Which is www.republic.org.uk And I believe they're also quite active on Twitter and Facebook. On Twitter they're at Republic Staff, Facebook Republic Campaign. And then locally, which is the area I come in, you can follow us on Facebook at Republic Hemel. Or just search that into Facebook, Republic and Hemel Hempstead. And you can join our lovely Facebook group there and find out what we're up to locally. We'll be back soon. I have a couple more podcasts in production. Stay green, decorum. Mm-hmm.